Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, everybody, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Frankie Picasso, and we are spanning the globe from Toronto to Los Angeles today. And we're going to be talking about a very common problem, which is how to sustain your health and well, wellness really anything past the three-month mark. Both Frankie and I were talking this morning about how it's easy to get started on a program like, yeah, I'm going to save money. Yeah, I'm going to lose weight. Yeah, I'm going to get fit and go to the gym. Yeah, I'm going to take yoga. And then at the three-month mark or somewhere around there, if you make it that far, for some of us, it's at the one-week mark or the three-week mark or the you know six-week mark. Or the two-hour. The two-hour <laughs> one, exactly. You know, this sustainable, like how do we make the things that we want in our life that we're willing to go for how do we make them sustainable? I'm here today with Frankie Picasso. Frankie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sandra. It's great to be back with you. So much it fun. is so good because every time I'm with you on the radio, I feel like I get like this big digital hug and yeah. all the support, and then I can hit the ground running. And, you know, why do we quit? You know, it's what we want. You know, if we want to save for a trip or we want to lose weight for whatever reason, or for me, I just want to, I want to feel good. But then, you know, I get home today after a long trip from New York and I'm, I'm mowing through the cookies. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting and it's something that I mull over a lot and, and even in my own life because, you know, I know that I want to lose weight. I know that it makes me feel good. I feel good by being able to buy whatever I want clothes wise. And yet, you know, at Thanksgiving when I went off my eating pattern, I'll call it that, um, I was really bad for about a month and, and, you know, literally gained back seven pounds, which was, you know, hard to take off, easy to put on. And I had a chat with myself going, okay, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? This isn't what you want. And, and I had to really get sick of food before I could just give it up again. And it's not the food that I want. I'm trying to fill something. And right. I mean, we've talked about this underlying automatic commitment inside us before. And it's, there's an emotional need or there's something going on um, where food has been here, this will make, this will soothe you. And it does. And it does for a little bit. Right. For a little temporarily. Bit, temporarily. And then you look at yourself, you go, no, this isn't what I want. Or, or, you know, spending money. This isn't what I, what I want. And why am I doing this to myself? And like I said to you before, like, you know, you're a fantastic um, spin teacher and you work at a gym, but gyms know that people they, they take their money for a year because they know that, and they put you in a contract because after three months, most people drop out, but the money keeps rolling in and rolling in. And so it's a great gig for them until the people go, oh yeah, I have to write in. I have to write a letter to make this all stop, right. you know, right? Uh, but it's not the gym's fault. I mean, they need to keep going. They need. It's to not the gym's fault, but it's a psychological pattern that they understand. And sure. so they, they use that, right? And, and everybody uses it. Commercials use it. Everybody uses it to, to get to us. Um, unless you have a very strong mind and, and you stop and you say to yourself, 
this isn't what I want. What is it that I want? And put a real visual to that. Like when I, when I bought my motorcycle, I had, um, before my motorcycle, I, was like, I wanted to wear a pair of chaps and I wanted my butt to look really good in those chaps. And I saw this vision of my head all the time, every day, 24 seven, you know, my butt's going to be in these chaps and I'm going to do squats and I'm going to do lunges and I'm going to do all of this stuff so that I look really good wearing sexy, wearing these chaps. And it worked. I had, I wanted the bike so bad. I had so much passion for it that, that it worked for the time, you know, that I was doing it. Now, albeit it had a secondary cause I was trying out for the, you know, national dragon boat team. And so I had to be fit anyway. And so all of those cross purposes worked together to, to help me sustain, you know, the hardship of, cause I hate lunges, hate them. You know, I'd never run before, but I started running. And so all of these things combined, you know, help sustain it. So you have to have a very strong why and a very strong vision to sustain, I believe. I do too. Or you have to rope yourself into something you can't get out of. You know, like when I, I signed up for this half marathon at the, at Dodger stadium, right after my mom died. And it was a great place for me to put my grief. Cause it was like the trail of tears. Like I would run, I would walk, I would cry. I'd run, yeah. I'd walk, I'd cry. Sometimes yeah. I'd run, walk and cry all at the same time. Um, but I had signed up with friends. So, you know, I had to show up. I had to, yeah. then once it was over, Frankie, I fell off the wagon. Like I didn't, um, you know, I didn't keep running. I didn't keep doing anything, even though those same runner friends kept inviting me and I never learned to love to run. (laughs) I think that was part of the problem. Um, but one of the things that I did do, like when I had one of those talks with myself, you know, I'm like, cookie, you're not love. You're not love. You don't love me. You know, you're a cookie or an animate object. So I'm yes. not going to feel love or assign love to you. You know, I do. I have those same. But mommy gave me a cookie and it made me feel loved. Yeah. And, and, it's did. and it did. Yeah. You know? But now I have to, I had to be more um, sophisticated about it. And I knew because of my work ethic, I knew if somebody hired me to do a job, I will show up. I will right. deliver. That's, you know, the way I made. And so that was one of the big reasons that I got spin certified at 50, because I knew if I had to go teach a class and I'm getting paid for it and people are depending on me, it's no longer optional. Yeah. And that's the one big thing that has kept me going because after about a month of, and the blush wore off. I'm like, oh, okay, this is job, but it's a job that pays my car payment and pays some yeah. extra stuff for me. So I've had to literally put myself into that like employment prison at the gym in order to keep going. Yeah, it's interesting because I had a swim partner and we were doing, you know, lengths, um, and her son was just starting school. She's a little bit younger than me, and her son was just starting school, and I, I guess he couldn't hack it, and so she had to pull him out. And so we stopped swimming. And at first it was like, oh, phew, I don't have to go. But then I was like, damn, we don't have to go. I want to go. I kind of wanted, you know, I had this vision of if I swam, my hips would be lean and, you know, everything would get strong and, and it will. And it did. And it was working. And yet I, I you know, there were days she goes, I said, you're, you know, I'm glad you came because you made me come. And, yeah. and vice versa. She goes, I'm glad you're here today because I wasn't going to come. Yes. So, you know, sometimes you need that partner to push you and, and, you know, and it wasn't even like, I liked being at the pool when I was there. I think the worst part I hated was just doing my hair after. I just didn't want yeah. wet hair and having to blow dry my hair after my swim every time, right? It was like, oh God, I have to do that. But other than that, I mean, there wasn't anything horrific about it. It made me feel good. 
Yeah. My, well, my, my spin trick or my swim trick for, for that is I use that swim time as my deep condition hair time. So, you know, I have these nylon caps and, you know, and I do swim, I do swim quite a, you know, quite a bit. And so yeah. I slather all the deep conditioner on and then I put my swim cap on and then I don't feel bad about styling my hair after because, you know, I just did a nice deep conditioner on my hair. Oh, there you go. And then but, there's a know, trail in the pool. But it's nylon. So no, it's like, yeah. you know, crept up into that. It also yeah. kind of keeps my hair from getting too dried out. But yeah, I mean, having somebody there with you is really important. And, you know, Frankie, right now is a really good time for us to thank our sponsor today. Mm, because, yeah. you know, I really love our sponsors. It's, it's a podcast called Bad Batch. And you're going to want to check it out because... It's Wondery's new series. And if you listen to Wondery's Dr. Death, you heard about those 33 patients in Texas who went in for surgery and had their lives forever changed by an incompetent doctor. And it's creepy, good, fun listening, Frankie. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, an adult bedtime story, yeah. or, you, know, you know, ongoing. And it's where uh, Dr. Laura, Bell. Laura, Laura, Laura Beale investigates Beale, the $2 billion unregulated industry of stem cell therapy. And this is a whole thing about greed and desperation, you know, kind of where they intersect. And when this group of patients wind up in a Texas hospital in critical condition, the trail leads back to the stem cell company and its charismatic CEO. And so, you know, Frankie, every day in the United States, people make decisions. Hundreds of thousands of people make decisions about their death. You've had to do that, you know, about their health, about their yeah. wellness. I mean, managing pain. There's nobody who knows more about that than you. I went to get stem cell. I went to check it out um, with a doctor, stem cell therapy. I mean, you hear a lot about it. Joe Rogan had, had, you know, a talk about it on his podcast where um, Mel Gibson's dad went to a center in Panama because they were the only ones using stem cells from infants. And I guess it's not illegal. It's illegal in America. So they went down, they're American doctors, but they went down to Panama. And, you know, the way he talked about it, it was like this amazing panacea that's going to give you back 20, 30 years. And of course, you know, you're going, oh, wow, I want that. I want that. But I went to a doctor here and, and the, in Canada, it's only legal to inject your, your knee. And, but it's still like $5,000 and no guarantee. So that's a lot of money for no guarantee. And, um, you know, I didn't go through with it. And I'm kind of glad I didn't because my, my uh, history with, with certain, you know, I've tried everything for pain, as you know, and I've tried everything for lots of things. And doctors claiming that they can, you know, give you a 99% cure rate. And with me, nothing ever helps. So <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big skeptic now. And in some ways, you know, thank God, because, you know, she does have this um, cautionary tale about, you know, greed and desperation collide where, you know, you have a, something like stem cell therapy that sounds amazing. Um, and people want it, you know, to treat their pain and their autoimmune diseases and, you know, the autism you know, what, what's more than a, a parent who has a child with autism that would desperately love to, quote unquote, you know, cure them. And, and there's somebody, the medicine doctors out there with the um, fuel for it, but you don't know if he's the real deal or not. 
Well, and that's what I love about this. It's like, it's not only a podcast, so it's convenient to listen to, you know, we do that because we're in the podcasting industry yep. but, and it's a cautionary tale as you, you mentioned, but it's a really important listen. I think it makes you think it definitely made me think because I hadn't faced any of these things, but in the event that I do face some of these challenges and these choices, I'm glad that I listened to Bad Batch on Apple Podcasts because, you know, you can listen to it at Spotify or wherever you're listening to our today's show I think it's it's it gives you a lot to think about and it's also like like I said it's like creepy scary good listening so you can subscribe to Bad Batch on Apple Podcasts Spotify or wherever you're listening right now there's also going to be a link in our episode notes so if you're picking this up go ahead and look for the episode notes and you'll have a clickable link and it's Bad Batch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to our show. Creepy good listening, Frankie. Creepy. Yeah, well, like, thank, thank Dr. Modern Day Shadow you know, Thank her for putting this together and investigating all these things for the rest of us. I know, and now it's interesting, and it's... it's um, and I think it's fun. It's, it's just different. You know, it's a different listen from talk, to, you know, talk radio and, you know, talk podcasting. And I liked it because I got so involved in the story. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, okay. So Bad Batch on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, or wherever you're listening today. And um, we want to thank Bad Batch for sponsoring our show because without great sponsors like them, these shows would not be possible. Um, you know, and thank Frank, you for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, Frankie, one of the things when we talk about kind of the – concept of you know changing your life or improving your life is the struggle with willpower and willpower only goes so long and I think that's one of the things that I've noticed that I have amazing willpower for a certain length of time like you know when some of these new podcasts come out or some of these new things like on Netflix you know like the little six eight ten you know episodes for a season yeah, I can make that. But like, I tried to to watch Heartland, and about I don't know six or seven seasons in, I don't know what happened. I just stopped. Like no rhyme or reason. I loved it, loved it, loved it, and then I didn't. Yeah, and it's like working out. I loved it, loved it, loved it, didn't. My new eating program, loved it, loved it, loved it, didn't. And it wasn't like a trickling off. It's like a full stop, cut off. Yeah, and that's where you know, that, that concept of, you know, like, how do we sustain our health? How do we sustain our wealth? How do we, because it happens in my work too. Like I will be editing shows up the wazoo, doing the marketing, you know, doing the advertising and then all of a sudden stop. Mm -hmm. And then it's only until some big trigger, like you have a delivery date for a client or, you know, you have to pay your mortgage or you, you have to, you know, and it's, then it's a have to. Right. And there's got to be some middle ground between, you know, the full frontal stop and then the gun to your head, because that's really the two modes that I function in. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have the answer for for that. I, I don't. I, but it's interesting to ruminate on, isn't it? To, to think, you know, why? I mean, first thing is she got bored. The writing wasn't good. You know, she just got bored with it. And, and sometimes we do get bored with things and we need to liven them up. And so is there a way that we can approach some of these things in a, in a new and different way that makes it more exciting for us? Um, maybe it's, you know, a different time of day or maybe it's, you know, um, watching it with a friend or, or doing something. But the things that are important to us, I mean, watching a, you know, 
the Netflix thing isn't <laughs> that important to us. No. But I, I know what you mean because I was really into this one show. And, I, you know, epi- like, like you, seven seasons, and, and I loved it, loved it, loved it. And then I go, no, I don't feel like watching this anymore. And I loved it so much. So what happened? Right, did I love it too happened? much? The, you know, what did what, my capacity to love run out? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just got bored. And that, that is, you know, boredom is something that, um, that I find very difficult uh, to deal with. And, and then people say, you know, if you're creative, you can't be bored. But that, I don't think that's true. I no. think you can get bored. You know, you, I have a friend who can eat the same thing every day. And I can eat the same lunch every day, but I certainly can't eat the same dinner every day. Like that would be just too boring. Well, and I, you know, and that's one of the things that I've gone through, like when I do my, you know, radiant health, you know, uh, whiz bang three months and then fall off the wagon. It's like, you know, I could eat, I could eat chicken and spinach, which is, you know, one of my like spinach leaves and chicken, spinach leaves and chicken. And, and then all of a sudden I'm like, no. And I get up that day and there's no rhyme or reason. There's no, you know, grand anything. It's just, I walk in and all of a sudden there's a bagel with cream cheese lathered and it's all over because it's not like it's a one-time thing. No, and then it's the really good. Me. You know, like I still buy it and I'll still prepare it and I'll still get the spinach leaves and I'll still prepare it. And then it mocks me until it rots. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like even while I was off, I still ate my good breakfast. I had my Greek yogurt. Like I still kept a part of that, that habit because it does become habitual and you know, habits, it is good to create that habit for yourself, um, a way of eating. But I, I found that, you know, I'd stopped eating lunch. Oh, okay. And then, you, and then, oh, so I guess I could have a chip. I didn't eat lunch. You know, you're, the bad habits, the lifetime of bad habits, I'll come back. And just like, you know, you didn't exercise for a long time. Oh, it kind of feels good not to have to go exercise today, doesn't it? You know, it kind of feels good just to do nothing today. I don't feel like working. I worked my whole life. Why should I go to work today? So, you know, we come up with excuse after excuse like you said, with no rhyme or reason, right. it just happens. So, you know, it's a very interesting dilemma. Why, why we're pulled back or sucked back into um, our, our old habits. Is it because our new habits haven't, you know, uh, that path isn't is, is deeply ingrained and pos- I'm sure it is. Um, but why do the old habits feel better than the new habits that we really, really want? This change well, that we want for ourselves in our life. I will tell you, and let's see, it's, it's year two of teaching spin classes at the gym. And it's year three of going to this gym really five, six days a week. And it's funny because, you know, I got off the plane yesterday and I was really tired, Frankie. It took a long time to get home. I had to, you know, from New York to LA, I had to stop in Dallas for a meeting and, you know, I didn't get in till like three o'clock in the morning, my time. And then I had to take a car service home you know, another hour and then I get home and, you know, I'm kind of putting my, you know, like my perishables away. Like just, you know, you can't just get off the plane and fall right into bed unless you're like in a hotel. And so, um, I was so tired and then, but like four o'clock, all of a sudden I felt my energy change and I'm like, so I went to a, you know, the spin class and I'm like, you're crazy. Like, what is wrong with you? You're compulsive. But it wasn't that. It was my body was so used to turning at that point 
mm-hmm. and my legs started getting restless because I was I was having this wrestling match with myself. You know, I was putting in some food into the microwave for my dad to heat it up, and I'm like, you know, you really don't have to go. You know, you really don't have to. You've flown all day, all these things, and you know, without even a blink, you know, my body goes to the front door. I reach for my sneakers. I grab my towel. Um, you know, all those things that it, it became an automatic routine. Yes. And if you had asked me in my 20s, yes, I would say going to the gym was an automatic routine. 30s and 40s was brutal. You know, raising kids, working, trying to get yep. there. And it was always a sense of failure and frustration when I went. Because I really did start getting negative anchors towards it. And, you know, that's why I want to talk about some of this stuff. Because every day I didn't go to the gym, I resented the gym. I resented the gym, resented the gym. Then I resented my gym clothes. And then I was angry at my sneakers because I bought these expensive sneakers and I wasn't using it. And I really anchored a lot of frustration and resentment. And it really was silly. Yeah. You know, because these things didn't do anything to me. These were my choices. And recently I went out and I bought like seven different pairs of black and white sneakers. I really, I have decision fatigue, Frankie. I, I have only black leggings. There's so many cute workout outfits and I have like five black t-shirts and then I have five other workout t-shirts that are all those heathery black things. They're like, you know, kind of like black and white, black and you know, they're, those are my Um, but I, I can't even make the decision sometimes what to wear to the gym (laughs) because it's too much effort. Yeah. You know, it's after working all day in my company and taking care of my kids and taking care of my dad, I can't make another decision. And so it's almost like a uniform. Yeah. And then the other thing I did to, to keep myself going off the, out the door is I bought myself you know, like five little, very inexpensive lunch boxes, like those adult lunch boxes. They have a water bottle on each side and a little section for a sandwich. And they're really meant for people to take them to go to work. Well, I don't, I have them ready to go to the gym. And on Sunday night, I prep those and I fill the water bottles, you know, cause they come with two little pretty water bottles. Sure. Then I stuff, um, I have these, uh, sweat rags, you know, and they're all, they're, they, they're pretty, they're girly. My boys won't take them, which is what happened to the last set, you know, so I stuff them in there and then I'll put mints or something like, cause you know, one time I'll grab it and I might be teaching one time not, and they'll, they'll have headphones. Like again, and I went to the $5 store and I bought these little headphones and like each one has its own pack. So now since my sneakers are all black and white, I also put a bucket of socks. Like it's so ridiculous, Frankie, because I live in Southern California. Yeah. So if I'm going to walk out the door, I have my leggings and my sports bra and my shirt on because that's what I wear mostly to work every day, you know, because I work from home. And so when I walk out the door, I literally on this little bookcase, grab my sneakers, grab my socks, grab one of these little workout bags and I go. And it it has made it easier to get there because then the only battle I have is with myself on yes or no, because I've made it as turnkey as possible to walk out the door and have, and I even got a little battery charger with three little portable batteries and they sit on the shelf there. So there's no excuse for me not to go. Cause sometimes I'll be like, my phone isn't charged. I don't have a sweat rag. Uh, my sneakers are upstairs. I don't have any socks. I mean, that's how pathetic it was for me. But people are, are, are counting on you to show up, right? Well, only when I'm teaching. Yeah. But, on, you know, that's only three days a week. What about the other four? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I felt like that when I was running, I, there was a craving that happened a craving. And I, I never thought I would get to that ever, but it happened. But you know what? I don't have that anymore because I can't do that. So it's, um, it's not just exercise though, is it? I mean, it's everything else that we do in our life. Lots of other little things that people do that they want to do and they stop themselves. Is it stopping yourself from being happy? Is that what it is? Or is it stopping yourself from, um, the pain of change. Some people, I love change. Like change is something that I crave. Like I don't like routine. I don't like to have the same thing every day. So I, I actually just started to teach grade twos. I, I love it. Like how to read. And, and I taught an art class last week and it was like amazing. It was so fun because I need to keep doing new things in my life. Yeah. But um, the old things also, the old habits also take over. And so it's, if you need to have, a strong why um, for these things and you need to be able to visualize and I know for you you're really good at doing um, like mind maps and doing vision boards because that can keep those things front and center for you and, yes. and for other people too like if you can't visualize with your head visualize with your scissors in a magazine and put it on a piece of paper right, right? and and put those things down um, and keep reminding yourself why you want this I mean the why has to be stronger than than anything if you want to make a big change well that's one of the things like I've been using my reminder app on my phone and it comes up and it's like you know I've programmed it now every day I get a reminder to go to the gym at four o'clock because that's kind of the end of my work day you know I work a lot of east coast hours so I'm up at five or six mm -hmm. you know for my work day so to end by four that's already a 10 hour day that's, that's that's good enough and it'll say things on my phone like you know, you're going to want to wear your bathing suit, go to the gym. You know, you're going to want to button your pants, go to the gym. You know, you're going to want to go out this weekend and eat popcorn, go to the yep. gym. Like, you know, there are reminders. Like, cause if I don't go, I can't button my pants, <laughs> you know? And if I don't go, I don't feel good. Or if I, you know, I want to be able to wear my bathing suit in the summer, which I realize it's, we're going into fall. We have six months to summer bathing suits, but you know, if you live in Southern California and you want to be able to wear tank tops and you want to be and be comfortable, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, people of any size can't wear tank tops, but me personally, I cannot wear a tank top or shorts if my body isn't somewhat toned. I, I recognize I'm 50 years old. I'm not going to look like a 20 year old, but that also doesn't mean that I can't put on summer clothes, which we wear, you know, nine months out of the year. That was one of the things that I loved being in New York, Frankie. I was so layered up, you know, I had yeah. like, you know, my leggings on, I had my boots on and then I had, you know, my scarf and my turtleneck and my sweater and my jacket. And I'm like, I could, I could hide a baby under here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I hear you on that way. Good for me. You know, no, but one of my tricks is I always, um, I wear jeans during the, I wear something that buttons up, no pull-ups, uh, especially when I'm trying to lose weight because it's too easy to eat in your stretch pants. They'll stretch with you, yes. but a button will let you know that you're full. <laughs> Stop eating. And actually I adopted this, this um, habit. There's a Japanese way of eating that you don't eat till you're full. And I adopted that like 25, 30 years ago. I never eat till I'm full anymore. Mm -hmm. I stopped. And, and my mind, you know, some people go, oh, I have to eat this great big plate. I couldn't even eat a great big plate of food if I tried. However, you know, the idea is that you stop and you realize if you're hungry, you, there's more food in the world. You can keep feeding yourself later. You don't have to be stuffed and have that uncomfortable 
horrible feeling like you can't even breathe anymore so i if if i get out of control genes are the first things that go on well and what i noticed with myself is that if i if I go down, like I call it junk food row, like if I start going down junk food row, mm-hmm. someone needs to save me. You know, when I start snacking on the little bite-sized candies from, you know, cause it, let's be honest, it's sugar season from yeah. about end of September to mid January, you know, is all the holiday treats. It's all sure. the, and there's all the excuses in the world not to go work out. Cause you have a party cause you have this after work cause you have that with the kids. And um, I'm committed this year though, Frankie, to not go down, that road. And one of the things that I did, and it was really hard for me, I'm going to do it again, but I did this like 21 day, um, they called it a hormonal reset, but I just called it like a nutritional reset. And I committed every day to eating certain things. Like I ate a pomegranate every day. I ate a bowl of spinach every day. And sometimes Frankie, you just see me. I literally would turn on something on Netflix and I would push the spinach leaves in my mouth, chew them like no dressing, no anything like a punishment and just chew it and swallow it and drink water and chew it and swallow it and drink water. And the funniest thing happened while I was doing that, you know, I was eating a lot of, I'd make my green shake in the morning and the shake was amazing. Frankie, it's kind of a pain to put together, but if you do it all on a Sunday, like I cooked a, um, a yam and a sweet potato and onions and garlic. And as gross as it sounds, you know, I made this shake with all this stuff in it and it was kind of like a peppery vegetable thing. It did have a couple strawberries, a couple of blueberries. It had apple, it had banana, just a chunk. Yeah. And it was this super nutrient shake. And then, you know, I was drinking it in the morning and then eating my, you know, leaves and then drinking tea, you know, all these things that I'm like, Oh, like you gotta be kidding me. I'd rather have cheesecake and, you know, (laughs) you know, whatever. But by like the fifth or sixth day, I noticed I wasn't craving the cookies. I noticed I wasn't craving the chocolate. And then when I went to New York and I had a dessert with three people, you know, we're all at the table and we get this big molten chocolate cake with, you know, ice cream and, you know, and I had a couple of spoonfuls and I was fine. Yeah. I didn't feel the need. And then something light turned on in me that I was like, wow, maybe there's something is to, if I give my body the nutrition it needs, I won't be like a slave to all these things. Now I'm still stuffing those spinach leaves in my mouth and chewing them up. Like I'm in the gulag in Russia, but to me, it's like, they're like my vitamins. They're like my, um, you know, and today I have my last bit of frozen bag shake, you know, that I make myself with all these fresh fruits and vegetables and I'm going to have to redo it. So it's going to require me to go to the store and roast all this yes. stuff. But I was able to do it for 21 days and it made a difference. Yeah. I mean, and it does, and mindset is everything. You know, I, as you know, I, I, I'm at Weight Watchers and um, I was at a meeting the other day and this, and this girl was talking about, you know, having, like, I like to have my frozen yogurt. My frozen yogurt is built into my point system for the day. Cause I know I want to have it at the end of the day, yeah. it's a half a cup and you measure it. And she goes, and this girl was going, let's be serious. Who can eat a half a cup? And I go, I can, yeah. I can eat a half a cup. It's enough. Just it's, it really is more than enough. And actually how I do it is I take two graham crackers and I put my half a cup between them and I have an ice cream sandwich and it makes it like, that's a big, nice. that's a big treat. Then you have a big thing of, you know, uh, half a cup is quite a bit if you're making an ice cream sandwich. And I thought, yeah, I can do that. I do that. And so it's, it's a, how you 
view things or position them in your head, you know, it's like you could still have it. You don't have to have a whole bunch of it, but it's really enough to take that. Ah, I've had my dessert. Right. It's well, that's something it. that I you mean, have to have. Right. Cause why are you, why are you like, this is the examination of why are you eating that Frankie? Like, you know, when that lady said like, Oh, that's not enough. The thing is there's never enough. Like if your mentality with the food is there's never yeah. enough, then you're talking about eating till you're so full, you're sick. Yes. And then you could always eat a little bit more. Yes. Yes. You know, and, and I, you know, Dr. Lori Shemek has a great line that, that, um, she had me do, she had me take a bite of, you know, whatever it was, and then really taste it, like just really take a bite and taste it and then take the second bite and see how good it tastes. And it's like, you know, sometimes by the third or fourth bite, you don't even taste it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, aversion therapy is kind of good for me too. Cause now when you go to a, um, a restaurant or a fast food or wherever you eat out, it'll tell you how many calories something is. Yes. And I'll look at that calorie and I go, not worth it. Not worth it. Not worth it. And especially if it doesn't like, there's two things for me. I'm not, a, I'm not, um, it doesn't embarrass me or I'm not afraid or whatever the word is to waste money. I know it sounds terrible. My husband will eat everything off my plate. I'm not wasting the money. I don't care. It's not going in my body. I'd rather right. waste the money than put something that does not taste good or have too many calories in my body. Sorry. Right. That's just, you know, how I'm wired. Right. And cause my money's on me to succeed. Right. right? So well, I mind I have, wasting money and I really mind wasting food, I know but I don't need to eat it all now. Like that was a big yes. thing. Like, you know, when I go out to eat, I do have my stuff. I say, can you box up half of it and give me yeah. a half? And then I try to eat half of whatever's on my plate and then box that up because it also means that I don't have to cook. And you know what? Half of it is always more than enough. Yeah. Our eyes are always bigger than our stomachs. And if it's there, you'll be bored maybe and you chatting and you eating it. But re the reality is that if you serve, you know, restaurants over, over, you know, gift you with their food, let's say, um, and a half a plate is really always more, more, I found more than enough. Yeah. Even an appetizer, you know, I mean, they've gotten so crazy. I can't have an appetizer and a dinner. I'd be too full. Like right. I just, I know I can't have both. So I don't order both. And even if I did, I mean, I don't need the extra thousand calories in the app before I eat my dinner. No, no. And that's, you know, splitting meals for me is always a good thing too. Yeah. I do that with my dad and I do that with my kids. And for the four of us, when we go out, I might order an appetizer and then two meals and yes. then divide it up among four people. Cause, and there's still enough food there. Like there there's is. still more food, you know, to take home. And, you know, I'm a big, I do like leftovers. I like a leftover two or three days later because it means I don't have to cook. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, and that's why I like to go to Asian restaurants. Cause I love that, you know, you order a dish and I'll order a dish and the, the turntable will go yeah, around. Family style. Family style. And you just have a little bit and you get to try a whole bunch of stuff, which I like, wow. and that's it, right? It, it's a good way to eat. But mindset, vision, tenacity, like willpower will only carry you so far. Well, willpower fails. The minute you're fails. tired, the minute you're emotional, the minute you're, you're running late or stressed, like any of those things, stress, emotion, fatigue, or hunger, 
willpower goes out the window. Yeah. So you can't rely on willpower to do these things. I, I like to think of my life as full of guardrails because I tend to, you know, I kind of have an addictive personality. I can chase hubcaps, you know, running down the street <laughs> like a dog. So I have to put provisions in place so I don't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, truly. Truly, she does you know, not like, run down the street chasing hubcaps. I promise you. Yes, but I could, you know, because I, I get all excited and then I go with it. And then I'm like, you know, I, I work really hard to get there. Then I'm like, wow, I didn't want to get here in the first place. I wish I had, you know, stopped and thought about a few things. But, you know, these radio shows, Frankie, are a lot about my own guardrails because. Sure having a, an hour long conversation with you allows me to really think through some of this stuff and I'll be good for probably a week, sometimes two weeks after one of our shows. And then I need to do another show on, you know, health and fitness and willpower. And, you know, what do you want out of your life? Because we also need constant reminders. It's really easy to get derailed just because you forget. And, you know, and we can take all of this and, and take it into a relationship as well. So you're in your relationship and what is it that you really want out of your relationship? And if your relationship isn't looking healthy, you know, you need to change that up too and look at it and go, why, why am I here? Am I here because somebody pays the bills for me? Am I here because it's easy and I don't like change? Am I here because I don't want to disrupt my whole life if I leave and start over? Familiar? Yeah. Is it familiar? All of those things. However, you know, all, all of these podcasts, everything is really designed for a happier you, happier life. And, right. and, you know, we can take any and all of these suggestions on vision boards and, and um, your why. And, and people always say, well, you have to have a big why. And I would always go, I don't have a why. Like, I don't know why I want to do this, but you do. I mean, if you really sit down in a quiet time and go, why do you want to look good? Why do you want to feel better? You know, why do you want to take off weight or why do you want to have a new partner? or Why do you want to get a new job or um, anything, any change or whatever that you want to make in your life that's going to require some persistence, go to school, get a degree, persistence, you know, what's going to make you stay in school or, or get that, you know, get that PhD. Why do you want it? And, and that why has to be significant enough to keep you there. Right. Because if we have, you know, if we have a wedding coming up or we have a reunion coming up, it's amazing the transformation people will put them through because they have a big why, like why I don't want my wedding pictures for the rest of my life. You know, I don't want to look at them and and see it may be extra roles or see how big I was. I mean, you know, and you've got to be really honest with yourself. Like, yep. One of the things that, you know, was a big honesty with myself, you know, I have some really big people in my family tree, big, big, tall, heavy, large, keel over at 50, you know, kind of large. And so part of me goes, when I look in the mirror and I don't like what I see, it's really hard for me, you know, you can go ahead and judge, but it's hard for me to be a good parent. It's hard for me to be a good employee. It's hard for me to be confident in my work. Like all those things, right, wrong, or indifferent are tied up in that. But I don't like what I see when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, then it's a hindrance for me. Now, if I like what I see, I can conquer the world. I can create and I can do things I don't necessarily think I need to fix that thing about myself. I think I need to just be true to myself and honest and going, if I'm overweight and I'm not fit and I don't look 
good in my clothes the way I want to look, yeah. that's enough. Yeah. It's not about it. It can't be about anybody else ever. It has to be about you and something that comes from your inner core that says enough. enough. And I had that talk with myself, enough. Frankie, is that enough? Have you eaten enough now? Have you gone off long enough now? Do you really want to sustain this? And the answer is no. What, do you, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And, and, you know, it's an old, I'm in my 60s. It's an old habit. I've done this my oh, whole sure. life, right? Yep. Sure. Get looking good. And then you sabotage it. And then you look good. And you sabotage it. You grow your hair. You cut it. <laughs> all, you know, we do it all the time. And sure. we do it for eons. So, yeah, it's, it, it, if you really want to make that change in your life, and I really want to make that change. I really do. I know I do. Um, you're going to put up with some crap for a little bit. Yeah. Well, and that's where the guardrails come in. You know, I have to put things in place. Like I can't walk out the door without my whole gym equipment being there. You know, I can't, um, I have my credit cards. I keep them in my office. So if I want to go shopping, I have to go in my office and face my undone work. I don't carry my credit cards in my wallet. It's too easy. Yes. You know, so I do these little, you know, I play these little tricks with myself and, you know, the, the, my petty cash for my, you know, outside my family, you know, if I want to go get my nails done or, you know, whatever it is, I have to come into my office to get those things. And you know what else I noticed? Um, like my husband and I are, are, you know, our, our children are gone. And, and so our lifestyle has been, you know, we go out, we go out and we eat out and it's fun, and I don't have to cook every night, and two, three nights a week I'll cook, and the rest of the night we go out. I can't do that when I am dieting, or when I'm having a new eating regime, if you want to, I don't want to call it a diet, lifestyle change. I have to cook every day, and I think that's where I got really tired at the end of the three months. I didn't want to cook every day. It was really nice to be able to go out and eat whatever the heck I wanted, even if it wasn't bad, but just eat what it was on that menu I wanted, and have somebody else make it. And just before I got on the show with you today, I made my lunch. I'm not a lunch eater, but I made lunch because I'm going to be gone all day. And I know that if I don't have something to eat, I'll binge or something will happen. And I'll, and I'll talk myself into a bag of chips or a chocolate bar or something. Go, oh, that's okay. Same calories. It's not the same. Your body doesn't react the same on your body. No. And, and so I made lunch and I'm going to take it with me and it's healthy and I'm going to feel good. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's it. Like, you know, my little monster shakes in the morning, those things with, you know, everything under the sun. The first time I drank it with a straw, Frankie, I was like, (laughs) like, you know, because I'm used to like my chocolate banana shake or my, you know, heaven forbid my shake from McDonald's, you know, it's like, who knows what's in it. And it was funny that I was kind of gagging on, you know, all this healthy food, like all these things that are good for my body. But once I choked it down, because the kids were laughing at me, they're like, oh, I couldn't have done that. It has to be edible to me i mean although i did buy a, a protein shake that's 25 grams of protein and it is like chalk it really is it's it's pretty horrific but i drank it down yesterday Ooh. yeah but there's uh, stuff and you know it's like if you're sick you drink medicine yeah and that's the kind of conversations that i have with my head in the morning because i look at this thing and i grind it up and you know and it has apple and has banana so it's you know but it's also got you know pepper onion you know yam sweet potato like um things like that in it um but you know, Frankie, it doesn't kill me. Like, no. that's the thing I was like, you know, I had this, like the green juice battle one morning and I do vary my green juices, but I looked at it and I thought to myself, I know if I choke this down, I will feel great the rest of the day. So 
why is it I can eat a candy bar or cookies that or donuts that are not good for me? Yeah. They taste good going down and make me sick. This one doesn't taste the greatest going down. I mean, it's not awful. I mean, being a little dramatic here, yeah. you know, and when you use a straw, it just goes to the back of your throat and slides right down. Like that's my trick. And it's got to be really cold. That's another one. Chill it yeah. really good. Almost like preparing for a colonoscopy. Like, you know how you want to chill that <laughs> liquid? Really, really cold and then get it to the back of your throat just to get it in your body really quickly. And I decided, you know, like when I started making these these recommended juices and I started throwing other things in there that I know are good for my body and they don't taste good. Nobody goes, I want to have a spir- spirulina for dessert. Like nobody wants that stuff. Nobody wants matcha powder for dessert. I so, actually threw up on wheatgrass. It really, I, we grew our own wheatgrass and I made it every morning, but I would throw up and it, I just couldn't do it. Well, that's it. I had to get over. One of the things that would make me gag is the shake smells like the bottom of my childhood lake. Like, you know, when you're swimming around or you've yes. you taken too much water and then you taste it and you're like, Ooh, um, but my, you know, I'm committed to putting those things in my body because I would put a drug in my body, I would put a, you know, fat, yeah. sugar, salt laden pastry in my body. Yeah. So what's the deal here, Stan? Like, these are the conversations I have. So I do put it in my body and then I feel great the rest of the day. Yeah. Dan's dad bought, bought these, uh, Dr. Norman Walker. I don't know if you know him, but Dr. Norman Walker was, was the originator of these kind of juicing and, and different combinations of juices for different ailments and different stuff and dad's dan's dad had cancer i think at 50 juice got rid of it got was just became a proponent of these juices of dr norman walker and became so healthy he lived to be like 100 and all his friends died he's like i want to die i can't die i'm too healthy now (laughs) he just couldn't will himself to go because like he was so healthy and he was riding a bike at 75 like going 50 60 80 miles on bikes with kids from the university who were 20 because no nobody his age could do that. Yeah. You know? And, and he was just too healthy. And can you be too healthy? Well, I there's, a lady, enjoy Jackie, life you can. there's a lady, Jackie, who takes my class every week. You know, she's there on Fridays and Saturdays. She doesn't take my Monday class, but she takes my Friday and Saturday class. She is 81. And nice. she, and she's the one that talked to me about these juices too. Cause I told her what I was thinking of doing, you know, with this kind of 21 day hormonal reset using, you know, plant-based things and really giving my body a rest and giving it the nutrients it needs, blah, 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 blah. She just looked at me from across the spin bike, you know, and she's, she's probably a hundred pounds soaking wet, cute as a button, 80 years old, bright, bright eyes. She looked at me and she goes, what do you think I drink every morning? She goes, oh, I I say chin. <laughs> yeah, right. No, you would think like, but she does. She's like, I get up every morning and I put my, my whole day supply of vegetables and my whole day supply of this. I grind it up in my Nutribullet and she goes, and I drink it down. And she goes, I don't even think about whether I like it or not. She goes, it's my daily medicine. And so I just said like, you know, nice. what, what other medicines are you on? Do you take anything else? And she's like, no. She goes, when I go into the doctor, she goes, I am the picture of health. I'm fit. I'm happy. I feel wonderful. And it's like, I watch her ride. She doesn't cheat. When I tell her to crank it up, she cranks it up. When she gets out of the seat, she gets out of the seat. And that's an 81 year old. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's who I want to be. So like my new vision, you know, I, I want to thank you, Frankie, not only for being my, my guest today, my co-host and my friend, but you gave me a vision. Like I want to be Jackie. 
I want to wake up every day as long as God gives me time on this earth and feel great and look great. Yeah. And we should all want to feel great. Isn't that, yeah. you know, that's it. Nobody wants to feel bad. Feel great. Feel, feel great. great. Feel great. Right. Look at your bank account and feel great. Look at your, you know, body and feel great. Look in, you know, and then how you feel. Your lifestyle. Feel great. Feel great. Feel great. All right. Well, thank you, Frankie, for being my guest today. Frankie Picasso, you can find more about her where? Oh, unstoppablefrankiepicasso.com. There we go. Unstoppablefrankiepicasso.com. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for spending time with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got more than 200 episodes available to you anytime on iTunes or at our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. We look forward to another great conversation with you on Military Mom Talk Radio.